we ended up pulling and not signing a lease. We ended up saying no to the lease we were going to sign, but we still had to pay like maybe it was like 15 grand and it felt like a punch in the gut at the time. And it was, it felt very much like a failure and it felt very much like we were not going to be able to pull ourselves out of it. Hey there, this is Unburdened by Hope, the podcast that helps you harness your possibility and fuel your purpose. I'm your host, Erin Cummings. Here, we're breaking free from the chains of hope and unlocking the power of inspiration within. Get ready to ignite your soul because we're diving deep into the art of letting go, embracing the unknown, and creating a life unburdened by the limitations of hope. Together, we'll uncover the secrets to finding purpose, fueling our passions, and crafting a vibrant existence that sets our hearts on fire. So, are you ready to burn down what's no longer serving you and step into a life driven by possibility? Let's dive in, my friends, and unleash our boundless potential. Hello, everyone. Welcome to, we're in the last podcast of November. It is flying. We are flying through this month. Um, I hope you had an amazing Thanksgiving with family and friends. If you celebrate, I wanted to keep the gratitude party going for this last uh, Monday in November. And uh, this week, I want to talk about creating a gratitude practice around failure. I I have like a little, I think like my little tagline on my Instagram is like finding success through daily failures or I don't, I don't know, or something like that. I really pride myself on taking risks so that I can either fail or be successful. I also find that like giving yourself the opportunity to fail can also help you create success. Um, I really think you can learn a lot from doing things wrong. (laughs) I mean, not trying to purposely do them wrong, but just like, you know, there's always something to learn in failing. And I think coming from me who I am, if you know me, like I am not the optimistic person. I am very, very pessimistic. I am doom and gloom. I tend to tend to look for the worst (laughs) outcome. So I don't know. I think for me to say that is uh, like a pretty, I think that's a pretty big deal. I do want you to know that like there are uh, a few things that I look forward to every year, which is the uh, it's the yoga studio's birthday, which we talked about in October. But what I didn't mention then, because I wanted to mention it now, is October 13th is actually considered the National Day of Failure. And that was started by, I think it was started in Sweden. And they really like go all out and you talk about your failures and how you turn them into successes. And I think there are countless entrepreneurs and people who couldn't stand up right now and talk about how they failed in one area, like hard fall on their face in one area and how it like truly helped them succeed in another area. And I think it's so important to like take the time to acknowledge those successes and failures and acknowledge what the courage that it took for you to like stand back up and keep like to keep going. I mentioned this a few weeks ago on a pod and I was going to tell a story today. It's not really like a funny, it's not really a funny heartwarming story um, as they usually are. Uh, But I wanted to just tell the yoga studio origination story which has a lot to do with failure and the like the origins 
story of this space of the yoga studio. I used to work in corporate real estate. Uh, I My undergrad degree is in um, a, is real estate focused. I really wanted to be in commercial real estate when I was an adult. It was something I was super interested in and still am. I mention it every once in a while and I always, I never, I never do I ever give my um, real estate company the credit that it deserves. Like um, I actually have me, I've have a six figure real estate company on this side that um, it hit six figures this year. Um, I celebrated by buying myself a very nice gift, but I, I don't like to talk about it because it's not something it's not that I don't want to talk about it it's just it's a totally different set of skills and I don't know like hustle vibe than the yoga studio is the yoga studio is way more like it's a way it's a way different animal you know what I mean and so I that's usually where my focus is plus there's a much more outward appearance of the yoga studio than with the real estate company where it's like I'm like a property manager so I just like own properties that gen- help generate like rental income and revenue and then now we've invested in some uh, like private equity real estate, which is um, kind of more or less what I've been getting into. And the second this podcast has taken a very weird turn, but I'm just going to keep going. The second kind of part of my entrepreneur, my the Masters of Entrepreneurship program that I'm doing has a lot to do with real estate. Um, I'm kind of doing both things. And so, um, you know, that's a side of the business and myself that I want to really push and grow. I do really like that. So all of that to say, I am still involved in the real estate world. I am not a broker. Um, I'm like a property owner or a property investor is what I like to call myself. I, yes, I have a real estate degree. I worked in commercial real estate for a short period of time before I had kids. And now I have my own like property management, property investment, real estate company. And it is, I mean, I also don't talk about it as much because it's way less of like, no offense to literally every person at the studio, but it's way less of a headache. There's no like people or things. I mean, there are people, but there's just, they're the challenges and stuff are just they're very very different I like to say the yoga studio is a way more hospitality high touch customer service it's very customer forward driven and it keeps me very challenged and keeps me very creative and branding and newsletters and all that kind of stuff which I guess I could do with the real estate but I feel like that's super niche like you'd have to really like it for me to talk a lot about it anyway all of that three minute winded discussion for me to say that I am, I do love real estate. And, um, when the studio, when we were first looking at studio spaces, I was definitely kind of the lead point person when it came to negotiating and figuring out lease stuff, because that was my wheelhouse at one point in time, um, as an actual career when I was doing commercial real estate. That's literally all I did was read leases. Um, I wasn't a lawyer, but it was just a matter of like pulling the pertinent information out of the leases so I could build a um, like lease management program. Who I could say so much, but I'm going (laughs) to. Once again, I'm going to be grateful for my the fail of all of that. And um, I'm going to be very grateful for my new career in 
the real estate that I'm in now and the company, Yes Yoga, that I uh, was able to co-create. So anyway, all that to say is when you go to, if you have a company, when you go to like, if you want to open up a store and anywhere that is like a, whether it's a shopping mall or like a, like a commercial real estate place, like you have to sign a lease. It's the same thing as like a rental agreement. Um, most of them are based on like a term, like a certain amount of time. And there's different stipulations depending on what type of business you're in. So anyway, we had found this original place and we signed what's called an LOI, letter of intent, meaning that we had planned on leasing it. We had pre-negotiated terms. We agreed on those pre-negotiated terms. It's like five or six major terms, like the rent, um, if you're going to do tenant allowance, you know, kind of stuff like that, like who's paying for what and why. We had signed a letter of intent, uh, my previous business partner and I, and um, hired an architect. And we got rolling, um, started designing this space, really envisioned everything. I have a friend at this point in my life, five years of being an entrepreneur of a brick and mortar store. Um, I have lots of entrepreneur friends, but at that time I hadn't built up that network yet. So my um, ex-business partner and I really kind of leaned on one of our friends who at the time had opened and had a brick and mortar location. And we asked her a lot of questions. What I have found and what I'm also really grateful for are all the entrepreneur friends that I have made along the way. There's honestly, I have met more entrepreneur friends that are willing to tell you just about anything than like the opposite. But we had like gone in and we had like taped out all the rooms. We had brought the friend in to like kind of have her walk through this space with everything taped from what we had designed. Um, we had full floor plans. So like we had the complete interior de design of the space. We had a CAD drawing of like a rendering of what everything looked like. Um, and we had all of the engineering drawings done. So that was full lighting, plumbing, air conditioning, like airflow, any like, I mean, we had a full set of drawings basically. And at that point, we didn't hire a commercial real estate broker um, because we knew where we wanted to lease. And I felt confident in negotiating that lease. And then we sent it off to a real estate lawyer to do the actual like legal lease negotiations. Um, so working with a commercial broker is a lot like working with like a residential real estate agent. I have those. <laughs> I know a bunch of residential real estate agents that I love and trust deeply. And it's the same for uh, business real estate. I didn't know any at the time. I didn't know any uh, real estate, commercial real estate brokers. And so I kind of took charge of all of that. So we came to an agreement on stuff enough to sign an LOI, started plans, had a full set of drawings. We were ready to submit. We had picked out three uh, construction companies to submit all the drawings to, uh, to start construction on the location. And our lawyer had come back to us and just was like, we were fighting tooth and nail for like a lot of the behind the scenes lease stuff. 
And it just got really hard. And the landlord was really hard to work with. And there was a lot of just like kind of random things that had popped up that we just, I don't know, it just felt off. And thank God our architect, I think, just like felt so sorry for my business partner and I at the time because we like had done all of this stuff for the studio and now we had nothing to show for it because we ended up pulling and not signing a lease. We ended up saying no to the lease we were going to sign. And so he didn't charge us. Uh, he charged just a very reduced amount for all of the drawings that he did, but we still had to pay like for a full set of the engineers and all of, and the lawyer fees, obviously. And I think like, I don't know, maybe it was like 15 grand uh, for all of that. And it felt like a punch in the gut at the time. And it was, I I mean, it felt very much like a failure and it felt very much like we were not going to be able to pull ourselves out of it. And it felt like the world was like collapsing in and it was like, oh my God, I thought we were like designing a beautiful, fun space. We were supposed to have a yoga studio in like four to six months after build out. And now it was like, oh my God, we have to start all over. And we have to fully start all over because it's a whole new space, which means it's all new drawings. And then another kick in the pants was like, we ended up finding a new space. And our architect was like, you know, well, I hate to tell you this, but like I'm taking off the summer for vacation. So like you have to actually find a whole new architect. And so that was also like, oh my God, you have to be kidding me. But after finding a new space and doing all this all over again, we realized we were very grateful to not be in that other space. And actually the space that the yoga studio is currently in worked out a lot better because also of another real estate thing, which is like the the yoga studio now is in what's called a second generation space. And so we were able to save a bunch of money that we had spent on the previous location to um, remodel the space that we were in instead of doing a full complete build out, which is what we would have had to do at the other space. So just kind of depends like what you rent as like a, if you're someone who wants to own their own brick and mortar, it depends on the landlord. It depends on the place you want to rent. But if it's just like a shell, like a total shell space where you had to do complete build out, like it had no flooring. Um, it was all rough ends. Like there was no drywall, no nothing. We would have had to put all that in plumbing, air, electrical walls, like the whole thing. Um, there's also the option to do what's called like a white box where they provide like one ADA bathroom and then everything is kind of like kind of built out where you still have to do somewhat of a remodel, but like your plumbing, your lights, your air conditioner, all of that's already installed. And then there is the second generation space, which is what we ended up getting, which it has all that stuff too. And there are things that you can like Um, if codes are updated and like the bathroom's already built out and for some reason, like the bathroom sizes change, like you can keep that current bathroom and just update the fixtures instead of having to rebuild all the new bathrooms or, you know, whatever you want to do. So we luckily were able to save some money because we decided to just do a remodel of the store that 
we ended up leasing, um, which was really good. And we ended up, you know, being super grateful for that after totally falling on our faces with the first round of the original um, studio. But I think it's important to really, you know, remind yourself of these times that you have just absolutely fell on your face, like hard and realize kind of like what you learned on the way, getting back to it. Um, you know, I can't think of a single person that I know as like an entrepreneur who I look up to or someone that I know really well, that's super successful, that doesn't have a story like this. It seems like, you know, a lot of the people that I know, or the, a lot of the people su- super successful, like entrepreneurs that I personally look up to, they have lots of stories like this. And they're also just very nice for sharing stories like this, because I think sometimes even though people know it's hard to be an entrepreneur, I think sometimes it's also like there's this like different kind of vibe that it gives off that people are like, oh, it's hard, but it's like so great, but it's like so hard. <laughs> and it is all those things that I think it's also important to realize like sometimes those hard things, it's like, oh my God, it's it. When you fall, you fall really, really hard. And you know, the only person that you have is like yourself to be accountable for. And I think that's the thing is like, so you know, in these situations where you do fall really hard, like how do you then get back up and be grateful for those skinned knees, uh, situation. And I think the first thing to honestly do, and it's really crappy and it sucks really hard is the, the having the accountability and the ability to admit that you actually failed. I think that's the most, honestly, the most important thing is to like have it happen and then be able to reflect back and not be like last episode where I'm like blaming the lady for making me move my car. But like, you know, having the accountability to be like, okay, this, this fail is my fault. Like I thought it was going to go this way. It's actually going to go this other way. And really like, you know, having that accountability and then deciding the next step to take from there. In my opinion, and for me and in my life, it takes a minute for me to be able to be grateful and for me to be able to see like the good that came out of the failure. But that's also because I am, like I said, that like kind of more pessimistic, more, I'm a more pessimistic realist than I am optimistic. Like I am normally not very optimistic in situations. And so it usually takes me a minute to find the gratitude at the bottom of the failure. Um, than me just like failing and be like, okay, we'll find something else. Like that's, that's not normally our first response. The first step after you fail is to realize that you fail and then, and then take a step And then in those steps, you will end up finding gratitude is usually my experience of um, finding gratitude and failure. You know, I would love, I I think it's important to share stories like this. It, I think it makes people, it brings humanity back to all of us because we can share stories of like, oh yeah, actually it didn't work. And, you know, now I really, you know, we can talk about this on another podcast, uh, something that we've incorporated at this studio and something that I incorporate in my daily life is like, now I just say like, well, what's working and not working. And you can, those are really good ways to move instant failure into instant success or vice versa, where it's just like, okay, this is actually not working. What are we going to do now? We're going to do this system or we're going to, I don't know, whatever, you know, if you're like trying to 
it's like a box, you know, instead of like using your fingernail to peel a box, like this isn't working, just go get the scissors and cut the box open. Like it, it's like that. Those are more of those like instantaneous failures to ex- successes. But I would love to hear, you know, as we're ending this month of gratitude, um, I hope you were able to really cultivate a gratitude practice. And as we in this month, I think it's awesome to really reflect on, especially as the year is coming up to an end, like really reflect on like, where were you able to create success out of your failures, either this month or this year or in the past. And I'd love to hear them. I'd love for you to share them with me. If you're open to it, you can send me a DM at Aaron runs an empire on Instagram, or you can email me um, at info at AaronCCummings.com. Um, it takes courage to find success out of failures. So just know it's a step to take, but I know you have it in you. So stay courageous, capable, and strong. I hope you have an amazing week and I will catch you next Monday. Thanks for listening to Unburdened by Hope. Go to your favorite podcast app, hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. If you've got something out of our show, I'd love to hear from you. Send me your favorite takeaway or any questions you may have to info at AaronCCummings.com. You may even just hear the answer in a future episode. Remember, you are courageous, you are capable, you are strong. It's up to you to create what's possible.